I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Ballara and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today I'm here with Dylan Clark. Dylan is a 20-year-old real estate investment advisor and fund manager, uh, has come to the real estate industry with his passion to help people achieve their dreams. Um, Dylan, first of all, thanks for coming on the show today. Appreciate you taking out the time. Uh, I know you you got a busy day, so uh, so thank you for for fitting me in there. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so t- tell us. I mean, I think the first thing that people are gonna you know sort of hear from that intro is is twenty year old, and uh, we talked a little bit before even starting recording that that is not the start of your journey. So give us a bit of your story, your background, um, and kind of what what got you to this point. Yeah, I mean, just short in summary, you know, I started off um, trading and investing, learning about finance as a whole. At 14, uh, my parents were never really good with money, living paycheck to paycheck, you know, maxing out the credit cards, spending money on stuff they didn't need to be spending money on, you know, the typical American kind of story that you hear, unfortunately, um, with people and finances. I knew that I didn't want to go down that path. I wanted to, you know, learn how to actually properly manage my money. Uh, you know, invest it properly, make it grow. So that way I don't have to get to the age of 40, 45 and, you know, holy crap, what do I do? I have no idea, you know, how to budget. I have no idea if I'm going to even be able to retire. You know, I only have 10 years to kind of figure this out. Or, you know, being in my world, in the investment advisor world, you'll see plenty of people who are, you know, five years away from retirement and they don't have anything. They're like, well, I plan on retiring at 65 and you have to be that unfortunate truth of that's not happening. You're going to have to keep going a little bit further. Um, so that so that was the biggest reasoning behind, you know, kind of why I got started. Um, from there, you know, kind of kept kept growing the, the practice and the education side of things. Launched my own education platform at 16 to teach other people about personal finance and trading and investing in the securities markets. Um, so kept growing my portfolio through there. You know, that was technically my first online business. I had started there. Grew that to over 10,000 people, and then from there went off and got my RA65 license to be able to invest and trade for other people, do financial plans, all of that, make that my uh, primary career alongside of um, other types of investing in legal and compliance. Amazing. Um, you're, I guess my first question is, you mentioned that your parents you know, weren't... Um, you know, maybe, maybe money management wasn't their strength and okay, great. How did you, I, I recognize there's, you know, a bit of a, of a teenage rebellion, right? Like we always, everybody does <laughs> yeah. that, right. And, and, and sometimes you're rebelling against good things. And sometimes you're rebelling uh, away from maybe negative behavior into, you know, sort of a, a better, um, better path. But w- usually I feel like that comes with some type of inspiration or some, some, other person or event that happened that sort of pushed you in that direction? Like as a 14 year old to say, I'm going to get a control of my finances. Like that's not typical of what, right. <laughs> what teenagers are doing at that point, obviously that that's 
no surprise. But so how did you, how did you get into it? Like what, where did you start? So I was messing around on Google one day or an article had actually got published about um, the highest paid employee, the CEO of Google, and he has the highest W2. Um, and I think it was, he made you know, like $180 million from W2 that year. Um, so that kind of led down a little bit of a rabbit hole of how do I um, become someone like that? How do I get you know the highest paying job possible? Ended up learning about fund managers and how much they actually make in comparison to W2. So that led me down that path. Coming out of all of that, um, I had come across someone called Dave Ramsey, who deals with you know a lot of personal finance things, and I just started listening to his podcast that he does you know every day or every other day, whatever it may be, uh, to kind of get that baseline foundation, and then from there you know it's just deep diving into Google, googling all these terms, googling all these different things that he's talking about, what other people are talking about online. You know, counterpoints, objections, so on and so forth, and just kind of really just went down a rabbit hole. And I would say, I mean, it's a great rabbit hole to get into. I guess it it's a, it leads you in in a good direction. <laughs> but you mentioned Dave Ramsey. Dave Dave Ramsey. Most of what he teaches is not fund management, right? You know, RIAs. Like that's that's sort of other end of the spectrum with him. Dave Dave Ramsey is very much about you know, no debt, uh, you know, you know, sort of emergency funds, things like, which are good financial habits to, to have for sure. Um, I, I'm not, it's, I'm not even saying like one is better than the other, just, just right. kind of don't fit together. Um, <clears throat> so you didn't go to college for this, correct? No. Right. So you got your RIA 65, right? That's, that's the yes certification program. And then um, what you said you grew, you sort of grew your education platform to 10,000 members. How did you approach that? What was your your strategy there? A lot of that was just Twitter is what that really was. Um, we would post different types of edu educational content. Um, so we've actually created several books and courses, online video programs and whatnot during that period of time and would just go on and advertise and talk about it. Uh, on Twitter, we would join a lot of different, um, basically, you know, kind of like meetup groups, like everyone I feel in the real estate industry knows, you know, pretty well. And if you aren't in meetup groups, start going to meetup groups, please. Um, but, you know, just a lot of networking is, is what it really was and getting, you know, on board with a lot of other people who were highly followed and highly respected and prominent people in that uh, financial Twitter space, connecting with them and then kind of bringing everyone together as a big group. So you said you were most of it was through Twitter. Are, were you doing virtual meetups, in-person meetups, and, and that are being sort of coordinated through Twitter? How did you structure that? So the platform we actually used to communicate for everything was Discord, but our advertising and marketing was all done on Twitter. Um, everything was virtual and online. Uh, we did live trading um, or live trading during market hours for about the first two to three hours of the, of the market open. Um, weekends, we did a lot of uh, education. We had six or seven slots open between uh, Friday evening and Sunday afternoon, uh, where some you know anyone can join, uh, depending on your experience level, of course, and come in and you know learn and be educated about the topics that we're talking about. Um, so that's how a lot of that worked. It, it it was honestly some of the best times I think I've had so far. I've I still have relationships from that today. That I, that I hold very near and dear. 
Oh, that's awesome. And I'm sure, I, I mean, I'm sure it's helping people, right? It's it, this is, we talk on this podcast a lot, you know, I talk with the guests, it's, it's something that's not taught, right? It's not something that is in school at, at any level, really high school, college, you know, it, it, you have to specifically go out and seek it. And whether that's through, uh, you know, formal education, or just what you're doing, which, which, honestly maybe maybe the better way to do it at this point there's so much uh you know sort of free information out there available um or you know mentorships and teach you know educational programs within that specific niche that you're trying to get into so um i mean that's i'm i'm sure it had a very big impact on you know sort of people in the groups and so you're kind of making the move to real estate or you have made a move to real estate what what's the path forward from here from an investment standpoint no i don't plan on fully committing to real estate will i invest in real estate at some point probably just because of the friends i've made you know i want to support those friends and, and what they do um, but as be becoming a full-time full-blown real estate investor no i i can't do that i i make better money elsewhere with my uh with my security side and the hedge fund that we run but um, on, on the real estate side of things, what I do do and what I aim to accomplish and achieve with real estate individuals is helping, you know, first time starters get get up and operational um, with their first syndication or with their first fund from a legal and compliance standpoint. Okay. Obviously, not you're not an attorney. How no. are you able to what, what services do you provide? How, do, how are you helping people with that? So a lot of what I do is what a typical attorney does. It's the PPMs, LPAs, all the LLC registrations, Form D filings, Blue State Sky filings, uh, when I, once you raise capital. So everything standard that, that an attorney is going to do for you, I do the exact same thing. It's typically a lot cheaper to go with me. Just, of course, you know, I'm not an attorney. So there is, I know a lot of people like having that you know, protection or that review that, you know, the person does have their JD. They They did go to law school and whatnot. But to me, that doesn't really matter. You know, law is open source. Anyone can read it. Anyone can interpret it. There's hundreds of lectures online, um, you know, from, from Harvard and, and other, th you know, other topics outside of law, you know, from MIT and whatnot to learn and understand different types of corporate structurings, how verbiage is written, how all the, you know, how all the laws are written, how to read and interpret them. So, while it's, you know, more than acceptable, you know, to only trust an attorney and, you know, by all means, if, if that's your philosophy, go with it, please do. And, and you know, have, a, have an attorney review if you want. You know, I don't think it's necessarily 100% critical that, you know, something even as simple as, as legal docs uh, or entity formation documents, I don't think you, you know, you have to be a lawyer to do that. <clears throat> Now, in, in a defensive court situation, of course, you do have to be a lawyer and, you know, you may maybe, you know, need to be a lawyer. I, I've i defended myself in, in court once and I did it better than the attorney that I hired. So there's, you know, pros and cons to that. You know, at the end of the day, lawyers are just lawyers. They're, you know, they're other people just like everyone else. They just have concentrated in one specific field. Doesn't necessarily make them good or qualified. Sure. Yeah, they absolutely. I mean, within any, within any profession, you absolutely have a right. The, like the, 
every doctor is not created equal. Every lawyer is not created equal. Every, you know, plumber, electrician, any, yeah, any, you know, everything, any, it doesn't any matter. Field, right. Any, any fund manager, yeah. some are, are uh, probably more talented than others. And, and that's, that's true. Um, and I think the, the document perhaps the filing of LLCs, th those sorts of things makes total sense. There's, you're not the only non-attorney I think that does those types of services. I guess my question would come in um, if you're talking PPM on a syndication and we have now the SEC involved is, and I truthfully don't know like what, <laughs> if it has to be, uh, you know, an SEC attorney or if, or if, if, if you were to have, like you said, you know, a, a court type of, if there was an actual issue is, can that come back and be, uh, you know, sort of a problem just in terms of who prepared the documents, if it's not an actual SEC attorney. And I don't, I don't know the answer to the question. I don't know if you do. It, the way I structure things is no, it can't come back on me. Now, if it, let's just hypothesize and say it does come back on me, then, you know, I have insurance to handle that. You know, there were disclosures given so on and so forth, you know, but if in the event of a court situation, yeah, okay. I, you know, I can no longer help you anymore. I, you know, at least in the court side, you know, cause they won't let me, unfortunately, I'd love to argue, but they, they won't let me do it any at this point. So yeah, you know, now we need to get a, you know, a bar registered attorney who under, you know, who was SEC um, concentrated and focused to kind of step in and, and help out. Gotcha. Okay. All right. I, I think, yeah, I mean, there's, it's the, individual's comfort level, right? If they, right. as you said, if they, if they feel um, that they're comfortable with having you perform some of those services and it saves them some money, I mean, that, that stuff, I mean, certainly adds up when you're, you're yeah. doing a syndication of the legal fees and document preparation, it adds up quickly. Um, the way I look at that is, is I'm doing it for half the cost of a traditional attorney. And then on top of that, you know, the whole reasoning behind me, wanting to do it specifically with um you know first time syndicators or first time fund managers is that way i'm able to explain everything in as much detail as possible and kind of do a good bit of hand holding that way you know the sec doesn't get involved because i feel like that's a big problem with a lot of attorneys offices is they will just take your money they'll issue your docs and they'll kind of send you on your way you can ask a couple questions you know here and there but it's not it's not a personalized experience, I think is is my biggest personal vendetta, I guess, vendetta against against it all. You know, I, I want to help people. I feel like people, you know, if you're charging that much money to do something, you really should be, you know, handholding that person at least a decent bit, especially if they're new. You know, it's already scary and terrifying to get in. You, know, you don't need to make it worse. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's, I mean, that's a, it's a daunting portion of it. It's a, it's interesting um, as a, as a syndicator and you, uh, you know, your, 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 your team is, whether it's attorney, whatever, your team's preparing these, these PPMs and then, um, you know, you're sending those out to potential investors. And I've had investors that are like, yeah, I definitely want to be in. And then they see the PPM and they're terrified because it's, you know, a hundred pages of why you shouldn't do this investment deal. <laughs> right. Um, and, and so it, I've had to like walk a number of people through the PPM and it's like, it, it, it is a, it is a daunting process. So yeah, I can see that being, um, you know, nice to have a, a more 
you know, a, a personal touch. And that's not to say that no attorneys do that, but I, I get where you're, where you're going with that. Um, with your, so your, your fund management is, is stock based, right? So you're not, yes. you're not, it's not a real estate fund. It's not a real estate fund. No. Okay. What is your, I guess you don't have to tell you may not want to tell me your whole <laughs> investing philosophy, but um, you know, what do you, what is your fund to offer to people? Uh, you know, I guess, why would someone c come and invest within your fund versus, you know, an another alternative out there? So our investment fund actually works very similar in concept to real estate, which helps bridge, you know, that kind of connection of stocks are scary. I only like real estate because I understand it. It's an asset that cash flows. We do the exact same thing. It's just a different asset. We have equity holdings that we then utilize um, contracts that we issue against those those assets to generate cash flow and generate income from them. And, you know, furthermore with that, being on the RA side and in the private wealth management side, we also have a bunch of tax strategies that we are able to implement and do for all of our investors that actually creates a zero income and zero capital gains tax environment. Okay. So, you know, and we can do that for real estate too. That's, that's not just, um, that's just not stock specific, but you know, I hear a lot of people talk about the things of real estate, you know, it's a, it's an asset. You can generate cash flow, and I get my cost seg or my bonus depreciation. Well, there's a there's a million and one vehicles out there that can you know accomplish the same thing. You just have to know where to look and put all the all the puzzle pieces together of the completely white puzzle. It's not an easy thing to do, but you know you spend a couple of years at it, you can figure out how it works. Um, I think that's the that's the biggest misconception as well between real estate and equity investing is you know real estate's super safe. There's no real big downflaws and, and the stock market is just this casino. And, and that's not the reality of what it is, in my opinion, in my experience. Sure, sure. No, it's interesting that you brought that up because I was going to, you know, you earlier alluded to the, you know, your ability to generate uh, higher cash flow and returns, you know, with, with the in stocks that what with what you're doing currently rather than investing in real estate. I was going to ask you about the the sort of tax side of that is, but if you're able to generate similar tax savings and um offset some of those capital gains with what you're doing, then that's I think that's you know there's no I don't think there's any reason to only invest in one specific asset. I think there's a, a number of different um values on across different asset classes i think that the big sort of i guess what we see you know on the real estate side what we see as as a problem is that most people know and in and if they're investing at all invest in stocks a lot of people don't know how to get themselves involved into real estate so th that typically is just a, a um I don't know, accessibility problem more than anything right um so yeah no i i mean i think it it's again diversification is is key being across different asset classes different um strategies i think it all it all makes a lot of sense <clears throat> um well let me i want to ask you kind of the questions that i ask every guest dylan and always i start with you know kind of the name of the show is know your why and so i always ask each guest you know what is your why what what's driving you um you do have a, a very unique story um in that you know you're you're young and and started all of this journey uh 
at a at a very young age. So I think your I'd imagine your your why your sort of motivation behind it might be different than a lot of you know a lot of guests that we have that uh, are just <laughs> older. That's really just right. comes down to it. You know, they, they, more uh, more life behind them, less life in front of them. Right? There's just um, so. What's your what is your why? What kind of keeps you going? Two two main things. First and foremost, being able to take care of my, at least my immediate family, and then the generations that follow. No one in my family up to this, well, one, one might be close, but no one in my family up to this point ha has ever become, you know, a millionaire or left a large chunk of assets behind, you know, set up trust, you know, all, you know, the whole deal. Um, so first I want to be that first person to do that. Um, you know, my dad will never be able to retire, unfortunately. So I'm going to have to be the one to, to do that. So that's a, that's a big driving factor behind everything is to, to hurry up and get him retired as soon as possible. Um, and then, and then thirdly, I guess there's a three and four, three help as many other people succeed and achieve those same goals. Because I think no matter who you are, each of us kind of has that um that under that underlying want to kind of do that for them or their family or their future family so uh, being able to be that person who kind of thrust them forward into that world or into this world rather and, and help them along their way to achieve that absolutely i will do that all day long and i'll, I'll fight fight for that any day of the week without it without a second guess awesome awesome uh Again, I just I'm very impressed by your sort of forward thinking. Um, you know, I <laughs> I, had to, I had to have kids before I thought about what I needed to do for kids. You know, it, I wasn't thinking about how it was going to be, how it was going to look. Uh, you know, in the future when they came. So, um, good for you, man. A, a really, really great um, kind of outlook on the future. Your so the second question for you though is is a uh, little bit. Um, outside the box, I guess, is, is just tell us something about yourself that, that maybe isn't common knowledge, a uh, special skill, a hobby, just something to, to let, let the listeners know you better. Obviously you're um, very good with finances early on in life, but uh, there must be something else in, in your life. That's, um, you know, hopefully fun. Some, some. Enjoyment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually love Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which is uh, combat and submission grappling. For those who don't know, I wrestled all through middle school and high school. I, was to my I would say I was decent at it others may may not agree but I like to think I was pretty okay at it um and, and you know I enjoyed that a lot it was um it was a escape from a rough childhood and a rough upbringing so that was kind of my outlet to let out anger and aggression and it was, it was therapy is what it really was um so love that you know but unfortunately that ended you know after graduating high school so I kind of had to find another outlet for that and that ended up being uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which I love, and I love competing. I love love training there. Cool. I feel like I'm gonna have to check that out someday. I have had a number of guests involved in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu at different, uh, really at different levels. Um, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. My goal, my goal is to win worlds this year. So, oh well, there you go, there you go. I I I confess I don't even know exactly what that means, but it sounds it's the world championship. Yeah, it sounds it's it sounds impressive um that's awesome um 
when people hear this and they want to reach out to you, what's the best way? Um, either LinkedIn, LinkedIn's usually the best. Um, can also throw a calendar link in the description of, of this uh, episode and people can just direct uh book from there. Not a problem. Yeah, we can put that in the show notes so they have it. Um, final question for you, Dylan. What is a piece of advice you would give to someone? And and I'm really interested in in your take on this because yes, you're young, but but you you have sort of that different, I just feel like it's a very two different worlds where you were um, in, you know, sort of quickly involved in, or I guess read about, you know, sort of the Dave Ramsey method of, of, you know, finances, and then also being on the fund management side, like what, what advice would you give to someone who's starting out? What, what would you tell them, um, you know, to, to help them get towards, you know, uh, their, their financial goals, their financial future? Yeah, I, I don't agree with a lot of Dave Ramsey's things now, as far as at least the way he goes about things. But as someone to get that baseline understanding of terms and how things work and what you should and shouldn't be doing on a on a very basic level, I think that's a great place to start. You know, he deals with everyday individuals all the time, um. So he so he speaks that language. He's not speaking big corporate finance language where you're just going to get confused and lost. Um. So I, I would start there. Uh, you know, Google is the best resource you could ever have. Learn how to start doing research. Uh, I, I feel like everyone needs to, doesn't matter what field you're in, learn how to use Google, learn how to research and search for things and conduct your own studies. Um, that'd be another thing to do. Um, you know, it, don't listen to other people who say you can't do it because they're full of shit. They're just jealous that they can't do it. Um, you know, do do what you have to do. It's your life. It's not theirs. Don't listen to them. You know, my family doesn't even understand what I'm doing. So, you know, it, are they supportive somewhat? Yeah, sure. Of course, they're going to be supportive of me. Do they wish I had gone to college and you know was in college right now, so that way I had the safety net? Sure, absolutely. But you know, they'll they'll understand. People get in the way. Yeah, they'll understand when you retire them in a couple of years. Yeah, he'll, I mean, he'll get it. <laughs> yeah, get the biggest thing is people get in the way. So be careful who you listen to. Don't take everything to heart. You know, if someone says, "Oh, you're dumb for doing this. You you're taking all this risk." Just say, "Okay, that's awesome. I'm you know I'm aware of this," and go about your day. You don't have to, you don't have to win their approval over. So, you know, yeah. when life gives you lemons, make orange juice and leave them wondering how you did it. <laughs> I like that. I like that. And I think you know, j- just to back to the sort of. Dave Ramsey thing is, is what he teaches is, is very good for people that are looking for debt, debt solution, uh, management, that sort of thing. Maybe early on financial, financial literature, as you mentioned, there's nothing like what he teaches is, is really based towards that. What he doesn't teach. And, and, and if you go too far, I think into his, you know, sort of methodology, it would, and I'm not even convinced that he <laughs> does everything he says he, he, that you no, should, he doesn't. Uh, because I don't think he'd be, uh, it, it, once you get to the point of where you're trying to actually grow your wealth, um, and look at the future, now you have to start to, instead of being completely debt-free, you have to learn how to use debt to your advantage and stuff. So I right. mean, there's just, it, it it's a, it's just different stages. It's different stages right. of financial He's in that health. very beginning 
you know, stage where you are, you know, making $40,000 a year, but you have a $12,000 a year car payment, you know, you're living paycheck to paycheck, you have 75% credit utilization on, on your, your credit history, you know, all of that type of stuff. It's, he's more of the baseline understanding finances, understanding basic financial principles, how to avoid making a lot of common mistakes. And if you are in them, how do I work as efficiently as possible to get out of them? After that, then yes, you absolutely need to, to kind of graduate up to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great way to put it. It's a great way to put it. Um, well, listen, Dylan, this was awesome. Uh, thank you for coming on the show and kind of sharing your, uh, your background with us. I think it's really cool and, and people will, um, I think can learn a lot as far as, you know, it, especially, well, really any age, but, you know, I, I love, I get very excited when I get to meet young people that are already thinking about their financial features, because as you said, like a lot of people get to 40, 45 and they're like, oh crap, I haven't done anything. I wasted all this time. Uh, I was one of those people. And so now I just feel like I'm in catch up mode very frequently, you know, almost always I'm like, okay, I, you know, if, and I think, and I'm like, I talk to people that are 25 and I'm like, if you, if you start now, you don't actually have to do that much to be way ahead of where I am at this point, just because of the power of time and compounding your, your money and everything like that. Absolutely. So it's, I mean, it, you start off at 20, 25 JV up, I know this is a real estate podcast, so we'll stick with real estate. You know, JV up with people who have been doing it for five, 10 years. Yep. You, got, you know, you do that 10 times over the course of five years. You know, that's just two two deals a year. Isn't really a whole lot. You're definitely going to be a multimillionaire coming out of that. Yep. And that, and that's five years of work. Yep. And you can yeah. still work your normal job doing that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, it's just, there's so much, there's so much more opportunity you have, you have, you maybe don't realize this, but you have more free time when you're younger. It's just like before you have a family and everything like that, that's the time to really kind of kick ass on finances so that you're already set when, when you do have a family, you're already set and, and now you can spend time with them. So it, it's kind of, um, it's, it's really great to see, to see what you're doing, uh, and, and the way you've sort of, uh, you know, taking the reins yourself without, yeah. without a whole lot of, um, direction so good for you thank you again for coming on the show i really do appreciate it yeah thanks for having me great awesome and uh everyone listening i'm sure you're gonna love this episode please like rate and review so we can get more outstanding guests like dylan thank you i'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey without a strong why it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential my name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.